Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Lisa Stone and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to season 13 of the Parenting Aces podcast, a proud member of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and man, are y'all in for a treat this week. I have two amazing coaches from T-Bar-M in Dallas, Texas, Brian Wilson and John Nallen join the podcast this week to talk about, yes, the amazing renovations happening at T-Bar-M, but also to dig deep into coach education and what families need to be looking for when choosing a coach for their child. These two coaches both played junior tennis at a very high level, both played collegiate tennis at a very high level. Brian played on the Pro Tour, and now they are running an amazing program in Dallas, Texas, that does have opportunities for short-term training camps over winter break, spring break, summer holidays, or just drop-ins as well. So, I am really excited for them to be with us and for you guys to get to hear the exciting things going on at TBRM, but also to learn from these two coaches about how to pick the right coach for your kid, because we don't know what we don't know, and we're here to educate you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Brian Wilson and John Nallen of TBRM. Brian and John, so great to see you guys. Welcome uh, to the podcast. Brian, you're a returning star to Parenting Aces. John, (laughs) first time for you. And you guys are coming at us from Texas, from T-Bar-M, which, I mean, anybody that's been in the tennis world for a while certainly has heard about T-Bar-M, both for its junior and its adult tennis. I mean, you guys have an incredible reputation. Absolutely. And uh, so great to be back with you, Lisa. Um, I've been coming to this club for over 20 years uh, for junior events and uh, played the professional event here. They had a challenger for a long time. Um, So one of the reasons when I was relocating from Las Vegas, I wanted to be at a club with some indoor courts um, after teaching on the West Coast in Las Vegas for so long. Uh, But John was a big reason why I came to the club. Um, I've known John since his playing days at Texas A&M. And uh, very, very passionate about the sport, uh, takes it seriously, and is, is really looking out for the best for our players. Um, so we were, we work closely in the junior academy, but the club is going to undergoing some amazing renovations. Um, another reason why I chose it is uh, it's going to be a premier club around the nation. Um, we're investing about seventy million into the facilities, and uh, we'll go into that in a little bit. But uh, super excited to be in Dallas and uh, to be coaching alongside John and, and so many other great coaches here at T Bar. So let me just ask both of you what your role is at T-Bar. Cool. So I'm I'm Academy Director. So obviously just oversee uh, pretty much all the processes and operations that are going on from player development to the, you know, the off-court training of uh, the coaches and, you know, traveling around, you know, all around uh, everywhere, right? Trying to manage our 
you know, our top players and, and honestly, all the way through the bottom, we have such a good, you know, red, orange, green programs. We have great kids, great families. So it's right now it's a real treat to be here and, um, you know, kind of just do everything to be honest, as much as I can with any of the kids. So he, but he focus... does a lot and, and uh, does a fantastic job. So right now I'm an Academy lead coach. So leading the charge on, you know, kind of getting our pathway structure uh, streamlined and helping train our coaches. Uh, we've got a really big staff. We've got 27 uh, staff professionals, tennis professionals. And um, so that's one of our big goals for 2024 is creating a coaching education program uh, that is systematic, that helps create a common language and helps move kids through the pathway, um, you know, in a more streamlined way. And parents understand what's what's expected. Uh, how can a player get from this ball to the next ball? And they get to know the coaches sooner now, um, as our coaches are now blending into different programs. Uh, one of the things I've seen before is uh, one coach only does yellow, one coach only does orange, and so on. As a kid transitions, they lose that relationship, and it's a little bit harder for them to continue to develop. Um, so we're working really hard on that. We've got a big staff, but uh, a great staff, and they're very passionate. So we're excited. So both of you guys are focused solely on the junior side. Is that correct? I just want to make sure. Uh, I, well, I do a fair amount of adults. I've got some ladies team, and, and I'm getting them, uh, getting them shape and, and teach them how to poach. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Can you I mean, come teach me, please? I've been working so hard on my net game. <laughs> I can do some virtual coaching. Well, Maybe I'll meet you in Palm Springs. But uh, yes, heavily invest in the junior program, but do some adults as well. Yeah, same, same, dude. I'm probably 90%, you know, junior stuff. And then I tell people I do have time for patients, not uh, players. And those are the the ladies that that come in. And uh, so I am taking on some patients every once in a while. But, uh, you know, it's it's such a it's such a big operation, like Brian said, and we've got so many coaches that it, there is some luxury for me to be able to like, you know what, I can just focus on, you know, what I need to focus on. And we have a full time program. So we have about you know, 15 to 20 kids, you know, every year that do, you know, homeschool and they're here all day. So that, that allows, you know, for sure for me to, you know, be working with the kids in the morning, take a little break, come back in the afternoon. So, and then dabble with some adults and we have, we have some, so many great families here and it's such a, such a vibrant like tennis world. It's like the, the traditional racket club, right? You know, it's just tennis, 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 how much uh, more tennis. I mean, it's, you would, if you, if you came in here, you'd be like, this place is packed all day, every day, every court, all the time. It's it's incredible. So it sounds like old school, like uh where I grew up in Shreveport at Piermont Oaks Tennis Club, where yeah, same thing. We, you know, the courts were packed all day, every day. And it wow. was just a great atmosphere. I and honestly growing up, like I had so many friends who would come train at T Bar M and um, nice. You know, as I got older in my adult life, had friends that would come to y'all's adult camps. And I, yeah, I think it's, it's a really cool facility being in Dallas now, now that y'all have the ATP event there um, with Grant Chen at SMU now too, like, oh my gosh, what an incredible tennis town Dallas has become. Yeah, it, it's really amazing. We're actually partnering with, uh, with the Dallas Open and uh, we're doing some sponsorships. We're going to host some events for some of our VIPs. Um, Grant's a close friend of mine. Um, he actually gave me my first player when I came to Dallas, uh, Hughes Payas, uh, a great player from California, and he's now at SMU. Um, but great guy. I mean, the, the tennis here is amazing. Um, you know, the nice thing about the club is we have eight indoor. Um, you know, we have 16 outdoor and we're getting championship red clay. Um, and one of the other things we're working on is we're partnering um, with a company called VS Sports. 
right? And we're going to be doing analytics on the courts as well as streaming and downloading your content from your lessons. Um, so it's going to be incredible. Um, you know, just a couple of the innovations we're adding, but like John said, it's such a busy, vibrant club. Um, with the renovation, the wellness and the gyms are going to be world-class. Uh, we've got a couple of prof professionals training here full-time. Um, so we're, we're excited. It's going to be definitely adding on to the experience, but tennis is still going to be at the core. Yeah, it's been pretty cool too, uh, you know, to have new ownership, which was a little scary, right? We had a, you know, Glenn Agritelli owned the club before that. He was very, very tennis focused. Both of his sons played college tennis. And to have somebody come in and, and buy it and go, what's going to happen next? Is this, you know... Uh, rumors flew everywhere. It's just going to be just pickleball now, you know, but to, to sit in these rooms and these, you know, the new owners um, and the company's called Woodhouse to come in and say, what, what do you guys want? What do you need? What do you want to do? And just, you almost are taken aback by the question. What, what, what do you mean? What uh, can we, well, and they're like, they, you know, this is what, this is the question. What do you want? You want video recording on new, new lights, resurface, everything, new fences, uh, what, what more do the kids need? Uh, they're they're actually investing in our our top players, which is interesting. Like you know, taking some of the load. Uh, you know, traveling gets expensive. They're helping you know you know pay for those types of things, pay the coaches so the kids don't have to. I mean, that doesn't really happen a yeah. whole lot. So to have somebody like that come in and layer on top, of, like I said, a seventy million renovation to invest in the people and the players too is is pretty exciting. So yeah. That's awesome. I want to get to the coach education piece because I really want to focus around that for the majority of this conversation. But before we go there, can we just touch on the training opportunities that you guys offer to families that don't live in Dallas, but maybe want their kid to come work with y'all on a short-term basis? Yeah, sure. You want to take that? Yeah, I think I think we offer, you know, so many, um, you know, so many options. Uh, we have people, can we, can we stop in for three days? Of course. Can we come for a month? Of course. Um, can we train there for a little while and then see how it goes? Usually people end up staying. Um, but it's, if we go back about, you know, I want to say five or six years, there was really a push. Like we want, we want the best, we want the best coaches, uh, so we're only going to hire people with that are either a very young, willing to learn and become part of the system or b somebody that's already been in the game for a while and understands it. And uh, we needed somebody for a while. And then Brian actually reached out and was like, I'm kind of interested. I was like, well, I'm really interested. So let's talk. <laughs> let's talk. Because anybody that's met the guy, you guys got so much passion. You can't almost get a word in sometimes, but he, he loves it. Right. So to equal the passion. And then it's just gonna it's just gonna break down from the coaches to the players and and that that energy is just uh, is just awesome. So I think you know as I go into that, there's so many options because there's so many options. Like you want to be with you want to be with Coach Brian and a couple other people and do something a little bit more private. That's fantastic. We want you here on the facility. If you want to be part of the major groups, of course we encourage that. Uh, we have our full time program come in. They train start at seven in the morning. They basically put in about five hours a day, including fitness. And most of them hang out here. A lot of them will hit in some of our adult clinics and things like that. They love being here. Uh, so there's just so many ways to just kind of immerse yourself in our program from, you know, very little to, you know, coming in and get a professional hit and a professional opinion. 
to, you know what, we want to just dive into, you know, five, six hours a day and just live this thing. So, and, and I think one of the other things to add is with our full-time program and the after-school program, they all get time weekly with our fitness trainer. Uh, Nick Gilmore is uh, one of the best I've seen in my uh, career as a player or coach. Um, he's triple certified, um, certified trainer, speed specialist, uh, youth development specialist, played college tennis, played college tennis. So he he knows the sport. He knows how to adapt fitness to that. Um, we completely redid our gym. Um, so that was redone six months ago. We're going to continue to add on to that component. So that's another thing that even our 10 and 11 year old players are getting experience with him. And it's not just lifting weights. It's learning how to move agility, how to be more reactive on the court. Um, a lot of times you'll see trainers just do movements that the kid knows they're going to do. And that's not tennis. You need to know how to adapt and be agile and move properly. Um, so that's another thing, you know, for people coming from out of the state or out of our county, um, they're going to get some contact with a world-class trainer. Love that. Love that. And I'm assuming all of the information on the short and long-term options are on the TBRM website. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. You can okay, get cool. you know, the basic flyers and the times. If somebody calls in, they'll get probably a lot more information and talk to, you know, one of us. I mean, especially people that come from out of town. Some, you know, we get we get some players that play level ones that if I'm traveling and our top players are warming up with them or whatever, they start to go, hey, you know, we don't really have anything in our town. Can can we just come for a little while? Well, absolutely. Yeah, bring it on. Come in here for a week and just absolutely uh, play as much tennis as you possibly can and uh, see how you like it. And we've actually had people, you know, move to Dallas because of it. We've had people live with a, with a coach or a host family for six months because of it. And we have people stop in for, like I said, two weeks or a summer or here and there. And uh, I think, I think they immediately feel the, the culture and the coaches and like, okay, we're, this is pretty awesome. And we want to come back. And he, he mentioned, you know, Nick is amazing. We actually have a wellness center too. We have uh, chiropractors and they're, so they're in there working on, on things. We have massage therapists. So when you come in, if you have anything, one stop shop. Yeah. If you have anything, <laughs> this is the place, right? I, yeah. I want to get a massage, maybe get my neck worked on a little bit, play some tennis. Our, our restaurant's incredible now. It's just, it's just a cool place. So. I love it. And we'll have a link to the website and we'll have all of these guys' contact information in the show notes on parentingaces.com. So all of you watching or listening, make sure you check those out. I want to segue into this coach education stuff that's going on, because as I mentioned to both of you before we went on air, I've been getting a lot of inquiries from families who have sadly had super negative experiences with coaches and really um, questionable uh, interactions between coaches and young players. And there's this whole question about who is holding these coaches accountable for their purported knowledge, their purported certifications, their purported ability to teach. And the answer, sadly, is really nobody, um, unless they are in a club setting, in which case, of course, the tennis director, or the club management would be responsible. But for a lot of these families, they're in towns where they don't have access to a TBRM. And mm -hmm. they're finding coaches at the local park or um, you know, just at a public facility. And there doesn't seem to be any accountability for what these coaches are 
offering. And it just breaks my heart because we know how expensive our sport has become. It's crazy. And for parents to be shelling out hundreds, if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars a year to a coach that doesn't know what they're doing or is actually doing harm to a player is just heart-wrenching to me. So talk to me, Brian, about what the goals are of your coach education and what the various components are and how you're kind of implementing all of this stuff. Yeah, great question. Uh, So first, uh, something popped into my head. What about we do some simple training videos, we can fill them here and send them to you and you can give those access to your, uh, your members, some training videos for your, for, for your, your kids. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's do that. So we'll, okay. we're going we're gonna to yes. do that. Yes, please. Um, so that, that would be a, a good thing to kind of help out and get them going. But um, to answer your second question is um, we've got a big staff. Right. And it's uh, I've always seen wherever I've gone, whatever program, whether it be, you know, in college when I was at the University of Illinois on tour, when I trained with USDA, when I had private coaches in every other training environment I was in, coaching environment, everyone's got to be on the same page. Mm -hmm. So that starts with common language. So that's kind of where we started first, Um, you know, really defining what it means and how to coach certain ways, certain um, components within tennis. So number one, common language. Uh, number two, big one for me is how to engage with the player. So just the coach's demeanor and energy and passion for the sport. Uh, that's something that has to be there every day. And that's something that, you know, John and I look for from some of our younger coaches. And we model that. We model that behavior and, and we teach them, um, you know, how to interact and engage with the younger player is going to be different than a 17 or 18-year-old. Um, so we kind of go through that. We have weekly coaches meetings. Um, you know, every week we're meeting, you know, two to four hours a week with our staff, which is a lot, yeah. um, much more than other clubs. Um, so number one, you know, understanding the common language. Number two, having the passion and learning how to engage with the player. Number three is having structure to the training. So it's every lead coach has to have lesson plans. Um, so on the, the week before we talk about what we're working on the, the, far, the, the next week uh, and then what drills to use. So we're actually coming up with a database, a video database for our pros in-house that would have access to a video that shows how to work on a serve progression. So for me, in my coaching, when you use a progression, you obviously go from an easy skill to a more advanced skill Mm -hmm. and maybe something without competition. And then when they start to get competent, they start to go into competition. So our coaches will have access and will be trained and uh, tested on those progressions. So if I went up to a coach and I said, okay, give me your forehand progression for transition, getting to the net, they should have three or four drills ready and start to plan their practices that way. Um, that's a big one. Um, and then I would say four is a game-based approach. So every class, especially 10 and unders, we're doing some type of fun competitive game every single day. Um, always getting the kids moving, getting them active. John is really good at that. We have some rain days here. So we have bigger numbers per court, um, you know, and John is amazing at organizing quickly and getting the kids moving. I mean, we'll have sometimes 10 kids on a court and they're all flying around and getting better. Uh, but I think those are the main components of the program. Um, I think it's been great meeting that often. In the beginning, I was like, this is a lot of meetings, but it's necessary, especially with a staff this big. 
and we're going to hold them accountable. You know, we're a, we're a premier tennis destination and our staff is going to be held to a, to a high standard. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll have John speak a little bit more to that, but that's, that's kind of um, some of my main, main goals. Before, yeah, I think- John, before you jump in, I just want to throw a couple things out. One is um, what about building a development plan for each player? How do y'all approach that? And how do you help your coaches learn and understand how to create an effective development plan? And then the next question is um, how do they or or do you have requirements for the coaches to meet with the parents and communicate the development plan and the you know expected expenses, time commitment, all of that, so that everybody's on the same page about what the child says their goal is, what it's going to take for that child to reach that goal on on a short-term basis and a longer-term basis, and then what the parent's role is going to be in that process. You want to touch on that? You take that. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I don't mean to put I'm, you on the spot, but I mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> so, so one of the things uh, for sure, let's go back to, um, you know, what to look for in a coach or what are the chances that the coach in your town is the best coach for you? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think, I think there's some things you need to look for. Number one, if you can find some people that you trust uh, or travel around and get a little bit of a feel for what great programs are doing and just travel to them, especially if you don't have somebody in your town, you know what I've heard about TBRM. Let's go there. Let's see what they do. And then let's go back and compare it to maybe what's going on. So that's maybe one way to do it. I think, um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, we laugh a lot. We're like, if, if I had an accent, I could charge 20% more. Right. So you get the people that, you know, kind of do that and, and uh, are just, are just yelling at somebody. But we, we talk a lot about information transfer and it's how to get things across to your player. And, you know, we get some college players, professional players have come off the tour that help us that they kind of understand in their mind what it maybe should look like, but they don't necessarily know how to take a kid that has bad habits, bad mechanics or, or problems that, you know, it takes like some experience to fix. So you got to be very careful. You know, there's a confidence component to that. You you just think somebody's a little under in the grip. So you decide you just want to change them to semi-Western for no reason. And now they can't make one ball, right? So it's like, well, maybe maybe we needed to um, look at that a little further, which is awesome because we sit in a room and go, I'm having a little bit of problem with somebody here. What does everybody think? Well, what, what is going on? So for us to have the the credentials in the room to sit around and say that maybe we don't know best, maybe collectively we could figure this out. Who thinks that they could maybe get across to this player a little better? I think that's important too. So if you're only dealing with one person, you got to figure out a way to maybe make your you know community a little larger on the coaching side and then be honest with them. Just say, hey, we're going to go to T-Bar for a week. You're, we really appreciate everything you're doing. We just want to go there and get some more. And uh, And we actually have coaches either stop in sometimes with the player as well. And uh, also, I'm happy to get on a call with anybody and just say, hey, this is what I saw. This is what I think. It could be exactly what they're saying, but even better, right? Even better. You go back and go, my coach and what we've been talking about is exactly what they're saying. So you get that comfort. Right. Uh, so it's but, building a brain trust, it sounds like. is For sure. Yeah. I mean, so much of coaching is, is 
you know, as you go up in level, it goes from more, you know, mechanical understanding movement to you now strategy and, and applying those things and then trust in the biggest moments to do everything. So that's why it's, you know, I think it's so important for you to have great relationships. And I think it's also very important to not have a relationship with one person. You know, if I'm not here and Brian's running the groups, perfect. I trust him. They know that I trust him. And he goes from there. Now, I it, we have a ton of guys that's very similar. So it's it's so nice to know that, um, like Brian said, the common language, the common thoughts, we meet a ton. Um, and, you know, Brian will, is, tells everybody all the time, hey, you got an extra hour? I, I'm off court. Come, let's talk. Uh, so we we do a lot of that. And I think if you're a person, like you said, that doesn't have that to your advantage, like where are they getting their information? You know, maybe asking those questions, where, where, where are you getting your stuff? Is it just your own personal experience? Because some of them are actually, you know, very good. I've seen people in, you know, from, you know, BFE somewhere that get darn good on a ball machine, a wall and the, you know, the high school coach just feeding balls. So uh, we talk about that too. We have a lot of privilege here, but there's a lot of nuts and bolts just in the very basics of like learning how to work hard and and these things. So I think just the you know the right um, you know the right accountability from the player and the coach. And you know I think somebody that's saying I know it all is probably that's a red flag like no other. Right? It's like if I can't yeah. find, if I don't know the answer. Let me find it for you. Uh, type of thing. But yeah, and and I think a, a big one too when finding a new coach. Um, is not jumping right into lessons. Uh, I think a big one is talking through what you want for your child, mm-hmm. um, talking through what their goals are, right? Talking with the player. And then as a coach, you have to formulate it, or the coach should formulate a plan and be able to verbalize that prior to just, okay, let's work on forehands. Okay, no, let, let's let's go a little more long-term. What are you looking for for your player? Here's what we're looking for from a coach. Start to get some ground rules. Um, the coach also needs to know how motivated the player is. Right. Are they motivated to play level six uh, events, level fours, level whatever it is? What's their long term goal, and then work back from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a step that really gets missed quite a bit, right? And and I try to encourage parents to keep the communication open with their child and make sure that the goal that they had for themselves at age eight is still relevant at age 12, age 14, age 16, because kids change, their wants change, their needs change, their commitment level to the game changes. And it's really important that we're not pushing our kids in a direction that they no longer want to go in, or that if their goals have changed, maybe the level of training needs to adapt to support those new goals whether it's more intensive or less intensive or taking a break. Sometimes it is taking a break. Yeah. I I would say at least three times a year, the goal should be reevaluated. And we're talking for a tournament player, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, winter before summer and fall, the, obviously there should be a yearly plan or a six month, nine month plan, six month minimum for a tournament player, but the goal should be adapted or at least looked at every, you know, three times a year. Because like you said, you know, if we start to get a little fatigue or maybe a couple injuries, maybe we're playing the wrong events. Sometimes I've seen parents, they make a year plan for tournaments. And they say, we have to stick to this. This is our plan. But the player has lost four first rounds in a row. Um, so, and that's never good, right? So right. I think, you know, number one, creating a plan, speaking to a coach that understands those long-term goals and can verbalize and formulate a plan. 
right? And then another big thing in private lessons that you see is them working on 10 different shots, mm-hmm. right? So in an hour lesson, I really feel that there should be two or three focuses, right? There could be some other components within that, but I feel a good coach that has a plan and wants to make an impact is not doing 10 or 15 things in an hour, yeah. right? So that's another one to look out for. Can Especially I ask you... I'm sorry, uh, John, go ahead. Especially at just one hour a week, you got to be careful, like over, like, what did you just do? You know, we asked the question to our, to our staff, like, what did you just get done in your hour there? Like what was accomplished? You know, some of them are like, that's a good question. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important that the coach be able to answer that for sure. And the kid, right. And the kid as well. So you, you keep talking about a plan, a plan, a plan. What are the components of a solid junior developmental plan? Okay. Yeah. So we, um, I, about a year and a half ago, two years almost, um, I basically made the huge decision that every single thing that we say in practice, a coach that comes out of a coach's mouth, and we do a lot of uh, conference, a lot of uh, seminar style coaching where we sit the players down today, get your notebooks and your journals out. We're going to have these topics and talk. Uh, we have people go in the video room. We obviously have your traditional, you know, practices. Everybody's on the court hitting, um, but made a huge effort. I'm like, I'm going to write down everything that comes out of a coach's mouth, everything that's good. I'm going to write it down. Some of the bad stuff, write it down too and go, maybe we don't say that, but the, the <laughs> amount of information that we acquired from you know, I would say we have about eight academy pros that work with um, with high level, you know, from from about nine and all the way up to hear what they have to say and then write it all down. We amassed a lot of information. I'll definitely share with you, um, you know, after we talk. But uh, from that, my point is we started to develop a curriculum around everything we're talking about. So then what happened was here's, you know, we kind of went you know, you have your mental, your physical, your technical, your tactical, and we have a competitive opponent or component as well. So I, I started to see like, wow, there's, there's 50 things in the mental component. There's 75 in the competitive component. There's, there's 23 in the technical. And then there's, you know, everywhere in between for the, for the tactical. And then the physical side was a big one too. So then it's like, well, let's actually base our practices around. We're talking a lot about these things. These are kids raising their hand. I have a question about this. So then we base the program off of like, well, maybe we need to, for this period of time, really focus on competing because that seems to be a large topic right now. And then we sit and talk. And then like, like we said, even with the, with the players goals, start to go through the process of, okay, let's, let's go through this process for a while. Let's sit down. Let's change the process. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a, big person on goal setting. I realize what I'm saying, but um, in the sense of like, you can't just say you want to be number one. I want to be number one in Texas. Uh, okay. Well, to me, it's more in the the day-to-day, the processes. What are you going to do every single day to make sure that that happens? So like I said, we just gathered all this stuff. Then we actually uh, made a, a journal, like so basically something that you can purchase. We're working on that right now that, uh, that has all the information in it. So now a player opens it up and you're sitting with a parent and you go, okay, day one, um, here's, here's the overview. Here's all the areas. And, um, you know, there's things, um, core positioning skills, perception skills, uh, sending skills, receiving skills. So like not just saying te- technical, right. 
That is such a broad thing. So we broke it down into more pieces to be able to go, okay, this player now grade yourself on these you know, inefficiencies. Or do you, do you feel like you're great in this area? Are you bad in this area? Are you neutral in this area? We have like, don't even know this area. I've never even done it. I don't even know what you're talking about. So then you sit down with a player and a parent and go, okay, let's do the grade here. And then that's where we'll, we'll start. You know, that's to me, if you, if you don't get the base of what they know and what you know, and what you're trying to get done, how can you even really start? Uh, and then just kind of keep rotating back through it, right? Let's go back. Okay. Did we solve this problem? Are we still on it? Um, and then there's, you know, match play record, you play a tournament, they need a journal They go what went on in the tournament uh, practices. If we do any talks, you need to write in your journal, we're going to check on it in three days. Uh, we actually have, uh, we make them do projects. We do public speaking things. We just had all of our full-time program had to pick a, a sports related topic that they can present and they had to do on camera, on video, had to speak and have a PowerPoint. So those are just like, you know, character building skills. So we have, we have that component as well. And I think, you know, just going back to like, what, what should you look for in a coach? Well, are, is that what's happening? Right. Are you making me a better player? Are you making a better person? Are we becoming, you know, a unit together? And I think uh, that, that, that part of the plan is, is huge. Right. And it could be as simple as, Let's just write it down. What are our goals? What's the processes? And uh, let's do it for a month. It could be as detailed as we do it, which is like, you need to know the information, repeat it back. Uh, we have we have nine-year-olds that can probably teach a technical, like understand the checkpoints better than pros, just that don't really know. They know what it should look like, but they can't tell you what is exactly going on. So we make sure all of our kids are, are learning. It's the, it's the education piece. It's huge. Yeah. So just to kind of sum up, it sounds like the the plan is including these different areas. So technical, tactical, mental, competition. What did I miss? Physical, physical um, and details under each of those headings with checkpoints that you're going to hold the player accountable and the coach, it seems, accountable. Did we achieve this? And you're going to check back in every three months or so and make sure that you're progressing. And when you do the check-in, that's also the time to reevaluate the goals and say, "Are is this still what you're aiming for? Are we on track to achieve that in the period of time that you're hoping to achieve it? And I think that to me is such a crucial piece of what a coach should be providing, not just to a player, but to the player's family. And I just feel like there's so many coaches who don't do this. Either they don't know, they don't want to, you know, they they just don't want to spend the time doing it because they don't see it as an income stream for them, which is very short-sighted in my opinion. Um, And yeah, I just, I... This has been a, a bane of my existence for a very long time. Yeah. And, and I think one of the, the big things, too, um, what I think more coaches should do, and I've learned as I've gained some experience, is really understand how to engage with the player and have them take ownership. Um, so a lot of that is, you know, guided discovery, is asking the right questions. Um, all of my private students that I have right now come to a private lesson with two things they want to work on. We may get to both. We may not. That depends on what I want to do. But it is collaborative, uh, just like John and I's relationship as as coaches and, and you know as directors of this academy. 
is you have to collaborate. Mm -hmm. So taking ownership of something is is not happening a lot in the U.S. for kids, right? You know, parents are doing so much for their kids. You know, they've got, you know, nannies, they've got coaches, they've got all these people involved. So taking ownership, right? The journaling is huge, uh, you know, organizing your own stuff, but then ultimately coming to practice with things you want to work on. Right with things that you're thinking about on the way there. What what am I going to do? What am I going to work on? I remember when I was a kid growing up in San Diego, I would ride my bike to practice. You know, I, my parents were working, so I get home, make myself a snack, get on my bike, you know, ride to the club and, and have a lesson. Same. You know, yeah, every every couple <laughs> weeks. I didn't have a lesson every week, um, but I was on the way to practice when I was biking. I was thinking about what I want to work on. So I get to get there and say, Hey, can I can I work on this? Or you know, I hit with my dad and you know, I struggle with this. So. That's missing a little bit, and that's up to the coach to do, right? If the parents aren't instilling that value of what does ownership look like and, you know, are you being vocal and you're learning how to communicate, right, which is one thing we teach a lot um, to our full-time kids is, you know, how can they communicate better? Um, But a coach should ask a player, what is going on today? What do you want to work on? Let's do this. I love that. And I I love that you guys are focusing on – the whole person development of these kids, because, you know, my mantra of parenting aces is, you know, our, our job as parents, we know we're successful as tennis parents. If we still have a great relationship with our kid at the end of the day, right. That's, that's all that matters, right. How far they get with their tennis that is not a reflection of our parenting. Our relationship with our child is the reflection of our parenting. But sure, and I, just to even add to that, the the role of the coach is not to make them more dependent on you either. It's as a parent, you want them to grow less need, not more. So that's where the education piece is huge. You want them, you know, we just had a a player, she just took fourth place at Winter Nats. And uh, she was by herself. I said, I'm, I'm heading back. And you know what? You got this. You look confident. Um, you know, see you later. Good luck. And she was in the, she was in the round of 16, you know, and yeah. I mean, how many coaches would latch onto that and go, I'm not to stay, you know, you, I need to, you need to pay me. I, we're going to be here together. Right. And, and it was a conscious thought with her parents. I'm leaving. Let's leave her here. She had a, her grandparents were there and they lived about an hour away. So most of the day she's just kind of by herself and she's very independent, does, does everything very professional and then got to see a different side of her where it was just like, you know what, maybe I can do this on my own. Maybe I need to be less dependent on people. And I think that's a key too. So. For sure. For sure. And I, yeah, that's something that has really changed in youth sports since for sure, since I was a kid where you know, the adults would drop a carload of kids off at the tournament site in the morning with a bag of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and say, you know, when the last one of you's finished, somebody call me and I'll come back and get all of you, you know, mm-hmm. and you're on your own. The good, so, old days, the good old days. Oof, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, guys, we are coming to the end of our hour. I can't, I, I feel like I need y'all for like three more hours. Um what else do you want us to know about TBRM? Where can people reach out to you? And what other lessons do we need to share today before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, first, I just like to, uh, you know, say I really appreciate what you do for the whole tennis community. Um, you know, I, I've had multiple people come up to me. I mean, there was somebody a few months ago that actually came to T-Bar and they said, you know, I heard about you as Lisa Stone on Parenting, parenting Aces. <laughs> Um, so Lisa, I wanted to say, I uh, appreciate you and all you do for, you know, not only 
things like this, but your resources, um, that's fantastic. Um, yeah, I just, you know, tell everyone how excited we are about T-Bar. Uh, we just purchased the second building. Where we're going to have a pickleball paddle and indoor swimming pool. Um, but uh, we're going to have championship red clay, uh, indoor tennis courts, outdoor, the best facilities, um, some of the best in the country. Staff is growing, getting better. Um, we're going to be hosting some events here, some uh, some USTA one day events. Um, John was on the uh, he's on the competition committee. We're having our Grand Slam here locally, which we didn't super even talk about. about that, John. Yeah. The fact that you're on the junior comp committee for USTA Texas. Yeah, something I think it, it was sorry important. to interrupt, but yeah, this yeah. is. Yeah, I, I just I think I think uh, there's a lot of uh, chirping in the background at tournaments. So I feel like if if you're not willing to volunteer, then don't chirp. If you're not willing to figure out what's actually happening. So it's been very good, like seeing these people that are working their butts off in the background. Nobody even knows who they are and uh, putting in countless hours to be able to help them as just, you know, an academy leader, you know, one of the big ones, obviously, in, in Texas and in the country to give, you know, our opinion, what are our players, you know, to have them say, what, what do your players want to do? Why are they not doing these things? Can we do a better job? And to have some influence has been fantastic. And now the Texas Slam is actually coming to Dallas, which is going to be, you know, there's a thousand players in the tournament. So it's coming to Dallas area. So it's already, already a booming area. Uh, you got you got basically you know three major academies in Dallas that have done a great job for a long period of time. Uh, obviously, we're we're the best, um, but uh, no, it's it's just a great community, and you have so many. There's just so many things, and we have good relationships with everybody in the city as well. To be able to um, you know to to join to join you and grow our community is, is awesome. I really appreciate you as well. I've listened to a lot of your things, and uh, to to just be on here and talking tennis is great. And I'm happy to. To jump on anytime so so many so many fun topics yeah to talk for about. sure for sure for sure um i'm hoping that we're gonna get lots of kids calling you after this to ask about spring break and summer opportunities again should we we should point them to the website is that the best point well, of contact brmtennis.com and they'll be they'll, they'll see the overview of everything that's going on from all the programs adult and included and uh there is a membership piece to, to the club, but to be part of the academy, you don't have to be a member. So it's, you know, they need to, you know, if they're maybe reading that incorrectly, don't worry about it. You can come in and train. Uh, there's there's all kinds of opportunity you know, that way. So tbarmtennis.com, they can call um, and we can give you all the information that you need to to blast out to anybody that's that's looking for it. And, and we'll give you our our uh, info as well so they can reach out to us personally. But that's that's kind of last thing is, um, the great thing about this renovation is they're pumping a lot of money into it. Um, usually you'd have to be a member to mm -hmm. use our facilities. Any junior player can come as a non-member and that will continue, uh, that it will continue to be the case. So it's uh, very exciting. I love that. If the parents are tennis players as well and want to come train alongside their kids, are there opportunities for that? Are y'all still doing the adult camps? We don't do, I, I know what you're talking about. A little bit in the past, they'd have these big adult camps. It's a yeah. little different now. I, I would definitely say if somebody is coming in and bringing their child to train with us for a week or a short amount of time, we do have non-member, you know, adult, you know, clinics that they can jump in and play. You know, furthermore, if they're just looking to play, uh, we can certainly find that option for them. And, uh, and I think, you know, right now it looks like a bomb went off. We got all this construction going on very soon. It's going to look incredible. 
Uh, but it's a great place to hang out too. The gym's incredible. Uh, the food's actually outstanding. You know, it's just, it's just uh, a parent coming in will have plenty of plenty of fun for sure. Love it. Love it. Well, John, Brian, thank you so much. I know you guys are busy, busy, busy. So I'll let you get back to the kids and back to work, but so appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and share TBRM with us. And I can't believe it's taken 13 seasons to get a TBRM podcast going because like I said, I grew up hearing all about you my whole childhood. So this is super you, cool. You got to come out when the club's finished. Yeah. We'll right? have you out. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. It's a deal. It's a deal. I'm in. Thanks, Lisa. Thank Thank you. you Thank you to my listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at ParentingAces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.